Oh boy. All right, ladies and gents, fellow freaks, welcome to the first episode of Book Record Beer. My name is Nick Mahalik, and uh, I'm joined by fellow writers, musicians, and teachers, one Daniel DeFranco and one Nick Gregorio. Each and every episode, we will be here in the basement to give you our takes on one book, one record, and several beers. We're also going to get behind the kit, strap on the axes, and cover a song from the record. It's going to get wild. This episode, we'll be celebrating the 20th anniversary of Chuck Palahniuk's Immortal Fight Club, the 25th anniversary of York PA's own Live and their album Mental Jewelry. All the while, we'll be throwing back some Rolling Rock Ponies and Stone Brewery's 20th anniversary Citricado. All right, that's that's all she wrote, and uh, that's all I wrote. Let's have a good time, and uh, we'll see you there. How are we doing, guys? <laughs> That's a rough cold open. Was, <laughs> yeah, okay, here we go. Welcome to the inaugural book, period, record, period, beer podcast. I'm surrounded by some excellent gentlemen, uh, musicians, writers alike, uh, all around good dudes. We have uh, a living, breathing Bruce Springsteen character and one Daniel DeFranco to my left. Uh, we have the most published man in the room to the right, Mr. Nick Gregorio. And uh, we have... Eric, extra goofy eggs. Melee, straight across my best friend since first grade, soon to be yours, right across the way. And then in the back, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Franco Fiorini, uh, basic extraordinaire, and also one of the most intelligent dudes on the planet. So, this uh, is really flattering. I let's like get that. rolling. Let's get rolling. I was starting with flattery, so when I shit on you later, it'll be completely warranted and made up for this, you know, kind of rainbows and elephants and, uh, unicorns that we started with so our book today is fight club our record is lives mental jewelry and our beers are very uh varied here we have the 20th anniversary of uh what is that daniel what uh, we got going stone, on stone uh, brewery citricado ipa 20 years yeah 20 it's, years uh, which is also uh how old fight club is 20 year anniversary and we have the 25 year anniversary of mental jewelry it came out in 91 uh, so this is a this is an inaugural podcast, but also a celebration of quite a bit of stuff that is uh, almost as old as us, which is pretty wild. Almost, almost, <laughs> I'll almost. Take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To get started, you want to jump right into it. You want to you want to give a little background. We're also uh, teachers, the vast majority of people here as well. Right? Yeah, that's English exciting. teachers and one music teacher too. Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. No, Dude, rocks it. Still learning. And uh, Eric's, Eric's a lifelong student <laughs> in a lot of ways. So let's get started with some Fight Club. I'm going to turn it over to, to you to get started talking oh, about God. that. You can lead that discussion. To me, one of the main reasons when we discussed what we were going to talk about that I landed on Fight Club was A, because of the anniversary, but more importantly, because Fight Club was the first book that I read where I was like, fuck like books can do that like yeah. you you can yeah. you, i mean there was the anarchist cookbook but then there was a story right there's yep. narrative and and it's just a fantastic fucking book to go oh you're young you're angry uh you can write about it and make it an excellent story so yeah. um yeah what are your thoughts well i picked up the book sort of on a whim when i was uh, uh i think i might have been 
20 years old. And I was working in a uh, in an office supplies store as the furniture manager. And I thought easily, this could be my life. This is okay. I'm good with this. Uh, and then I read the scene in which they 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 drag the uh, the shop clerk out in the back and they put a gun to his back of his head and they ask him what he wants to be. And he tells him, he wants to be a vet, but it's too much school. It's too much this. It's too much that. And they, they give him six months to live if he's not on his way to becoming a vet. And I thought that was like, I was like, oh, shit, I got to do something with yeah. myself. But it was also one of those things, like, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge punk rock fan. I've, I've always been a punk rock fan. And if anybody who's ever been uh, sort of inclined to play music and you hear punk rock for the first time, you're like, oh, man, I can, I can totally write a punk rock song. And you, you learn quickly enough that four chords is, is just as difficult as any other song. I mean, anybody can write a four-chord progression. Uh, it's very difficult to write a good song. And I thought the same way with Fight Club. I was like, oh, I could, I could totally write like this. Yeah, I can yeah, yeah. do this. Um, and then, you know, you find out real fast that, that writing is, is the hardest. Difficult. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> Said the most published man in the room. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, that just proves the point, I think, you know. Right. I have nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally. I mean, I, I totally agree. That was the other thing is is you. It gives you sort of like that little spark that says maybe you could do it. Yeah. Because you go, that's a sentence that has probably come out of my mouth. Right. Or something like that, and and you go, man, that could that might be a sentence that could come out of my hand, and uh, you know, it, it, I don't know. I I, I do agree that. It's got that, but then you really dig, and I think that's the thing. It makes you want to dig. It makes you want to see how he was able to to put that together like that. Because yeah. the pace alone, I think, is one of the most excellent parts about the book. Is that he keeps you running. Yep. You know? And he, and while he's doing that, he's ping ponging through time and space, yeah. like <laughs> like every other paragraph. And you're sitting like, this all makes sense, but it probably shouldn't. And yeah. I want to. I don't understand how that works. And absolutely, you know, absolutely. Um, yeah, you were listening to it, Eric, on the on like an audio tape too, yeah, right? On the drive down. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. It was uh, that was an interesting experience because I had the characters from the movie stuck in my head right. as I'm driving in this. Like I forgot how frantic it was. Like mm-hmm. it just bounces in and out of you know everything, and it was it was like mind boggling. Like I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was difficult to process it on right. the audio book. I really wish that. I had just taken the time to read the book. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that was part of the reason why I stopped and got a hotel because I was like, I need to finish this and I need to be still and focus because it's driving me insane. There's too much movement at yeah. once. Yeah, but I couldn't get those characters out, and that kind of bummed me out because I like to create. Like, I right. wish I hadn't seen the movie. Not Gosh, because it's not good, because I wish I could have created these people yeah. in my head. It's almost word for word at some parts, right? It's yeah. like, I mean, he, yeah, it's pretty it's incredible. Yeah, for the most part, except for the end, of course. But well, yeah. I mean, the adaptation in and of itself. I mean, the book is what it is. So the movie couldn't just go word for word the entire time. The movie acknowledges itself as a movie, which is even more brilliant. Yeah, there's some winks. Yeah, yeah so it, it takes like the the bookness out of it and and makes it its own medium, which is even more exciting because you actually have two separate entities of the same spirit which i think is is just really masterful i argue it makes the story better the movie better yeah oh man there's there's, there's only a few movies that are better than the book and i think this is definitely one of them i i I don't think you're wrong new title of podcast movie record beer (laughs) (laughs) well i feel like what the movie did for me was made me recognize things in the book that i had missed or hadn't considered Mm -hmm. 
And I think, you know, I think we were talking about it before, I think, one time, Dan, uh, that, like, it became, like, visually what the book uh, aspired to be, yeah. maybe. You know, something like Although that. Although the only, my only issue, right, at the end is you have the narrator and Marla holding hands as the buildings are exploding. And that was sort of, like, the opposite of the what the entire book intended. I, you yeah. know, it's like he didn't want this, this uh, monogamous relationship or to fall into this standard of living. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. And he and, and, and the and, buildings actually fall. Right. which they don't in the book, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so the ending, I don't mind the ending. I think it's fine. I, I don't think it wrecks the, the anything that the the movie tried to do or the book tried to do. It's just it just sort of was counterintuitive to the Right. Yeah. I would agree there. I yeah. that's <clears throat> yeah, the ending uh, for sure. But, had, had everyone seen the movie before they read the book? Mm-hmm. No. You you were the no. book first. I read the book, book first. first. Yeah. I, saw, wow. I saw the movie first. I was movie first as yeah. well. And I was split. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely read the book first and uh and then the movie I was so I was so happy with. Yeah. Like you said, it's good to it's good to keep them as like two separate pieces you have to. around the same You have yeah. to. I mean there's stuff that they do in that movie that just can't be done in any other medium, which is, you know, essentially what an adaptation is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. When you talk about that pinging around, it's like when stuff comes in. Right, yep. as like almost like a picture in picture, like split screen or yeah, something yeah. like that, that you can do in the movie. That's essentially what he's doing with words a lot of times yep. there, you know? Yeah. Um, and even splicing Tyler into like random frames of the picture. I mean, yeah. That was, I mean, I, I, I have reservations in calling it brilliant, but it was just really smart yeah. uh, to do those sort of things. Because as it was Clever, happening, he's talking about cutting frames of porn into, into family films. Yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, <laughs> it's acknowledged the filminess of the film, which is yeah. great. Yeah, totally. So Eric, when you were driving down and you were in the hotel, did you feel like a, uh, what's the narrator's name, Jack? Do we know his um, name? So he just says Jack all the time. Stupid like Chuck Palahniuk went ahead you, and named him Did you feel like Edward Norton? This is what uh, I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And it was, t- I couldn't shake it. Yeah. That was part of it. Counting like little soaps. <laughs> yes. Collecting shampoos. <laughs> Collecting sh- talking about different airlines. and yeah. Single yeah. serving friends. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, did you go to the like hotel cafe? Like, you, you know, you're the most interesting single serving friend I've ever met. How's that, that going for you? Being clever. That would offend the hell out of somebody. I think, call me a single serving what? Yeah. I want to be your real friend, bud. <laughs> Where are you headed? <laughs> Oh, God. It's going off the rails already. It has. has. Well, you know what's funny is obviously it was just Band Books Week. Um, I don't know if you guys celebrate that as as teachers. Um, I like to celebrate it quite a bit. Uh, I have them read some Vonnegut. We do To Be or Not To Be, and um, we talk about that quite a bit, you know, because a lot of his stuff was was banned uh i actually just read the uh the great space fuck recently which hmm. was uh very cool another sh- that was one of his last short stories i think is that right yeah um and that was another one that that was banned for i think it was he says the first uh story with a title that had the word fuck in it yeah i mean um, that would definitely do it <laughs> <laughs> immediate like are you serious yeah. Kurt? Uh, Kurt, there's a number of things you're gonna say um <laughs> you went with space fuck uh but but anyway, we talk about like censorship and everything like yeah. that, and uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys engage, but I read an interview with with Chuck, and and he was saying, you know, there's a ton of transgressive fiction that still sits on publishers' shelves, mm-hmm. where they actually, I mean, some books were printed, right, and then 9/11 happened, and they yeah. were shelved indefinitely, and many, many, many of them are are still on the shelves, and I wonder, you know, like, and that's what we get into discussions in class about, is like, you know, you're talking about 
literally silencing voices based on the sort of like sensitivities yeah. of, of an audience, of a public and, and a society. And, uh, you know, where does that line get drawn? Where we, where we, where you, I'm not saying cave because I don't want to be, you know, somebody who's insensitive wholly, but where do we draw the line? I guess is, is kind of the question. Cause something like this, you know, luckily it came out before and it still exists, but you think you know, it wouldn't have come out if it was released after after I wonder. Or some other. I wonder. Well, think about it. He got like what a six six thousand dollars for it. Yeah. It was they they absolutely were like whatever the well, fuck. When you was know? Yeah. published? Ninety six. Six. Um, yeah. Hence the twenty years. <laughs> that was <laughs> English you know, teacher, was not a math teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that as well. Like you know about the buildings and mm-hmm. yeah, that has totally been altered since. They, yeah. They fuck shit up. Yeah. You know, and. Absolutely. You know, you just think about that genre. Like, that's a very cool genre, especially for young people to get into. Like, that would have, had I known about it when I was of that age, yeah. right, that that genre exists and that kind of stuff happened, you know, like, I definitely would have been into it. And that, like, you know, it's like listening to punk music. Yeah, yeah. You listen to Zeppelin forever and then you hear fucking Refuse for the first time. You yeah. want to, your whole world gets fucking blown up. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, I, I don't know. See, there's, as somebody who, you know, doesn't, I mean, censorship obviously is is pretty gnarly. But um, if I would have read this book at fifteen, I would have been off the rails. You know what I mean? Just rubber banding people's balls. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. No, but it, it, I mean, we are here. There are ideas in this book and in, in transgressive fiction that, like, just I, kids really can't. Like shouldn't be trusted with. Yeah, so like, I mean, make a bomb. Like, right, out. but right, yeah. but granted, like, <laughs> napalm. Yeah. If a kid wants to read it, what are you going to stop him? Right, you know. So, I mean, even at twenty, you know, you read it for the first time and you're still uh, trying to figure your shit out. And then you go to a bowling alley and you get super drunk and you're quoting the book. It's like <laughs> self preservation is masturbation. I'm like, what? <laughs> Fucking bowling alley in the suburbs. <laughs> like, relax, dude. So relax. Just <laughs> pump the brakes a little. Yeah. Okay. Did you guys? Um, I'm a, I mean, I didn't do this. Uh, did you guys start a Fight Club after you read the book or seen the movie? Get drunk with your buddies and slap start each other fight. around. Uh, no. No. no, no. I can't because I'm a bitch. Is what. <laughs> <laughs> Let's well, we, level with you. At well, Thomas's house, we did. Yeah. We would. Uh, we'd each wear one boxing glove. Right. And just go at each other. Oh, it was Lord. terrifying. With yeah. only the gloved One glove, hands. yeah. With only the glove hand. <laughs> so, <laughs> <yeah>. but it was... <laughs> that still hurts. It always escalated yeah. instantly. Yeah. Well, we, had, we had a group of friends uh, uh, who we would find ourselves... We would go to concerts constantly. And, I mean, what? It was like a coin toss that you wouldn't get into a fight in the parking lot Some of the Tweeter Center. The Sony yeah. E Center is what yeah, it was. Yeah. Like, so that was, that was almost our fight club. But, I don't know. I feel like... I, so, we went to Catholic school. For high school, and I feel like when you're in like an environment like that, and it is repressive, when you do get out, you go fucking nuts, <laughs> right? And so yeah. I think that there's something to be said about parsing out that kind of shit, like sure. this, like this book and stuff, and giving it to kids, and 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 well, just just allowing it to happen, because the more you're exposed to it, yeah, you might go off the rails, yeah. but imagine just being just getting a deluge. Of just no. of a different idea and shit all yeah. at one time, and I think that's what happens to a lot of kids. And happened to me. Repressive I mean, environment. Totally, yeah, to totally happened to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I didn't like start beating people up or 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 really freaking out. Like, I'm pretty sure I just did poorly my first year of college. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> rebelling. <But> you. <laughs> 
I had to move grid. home. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the lamest form of an intellectual rum spray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's gonna be so mad, but I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I think there really is something to be said, you know, because like I know even with um with Catholicism anyway, yeah. you know, there's all that like shame with like sex and stuff like that. And then you look, I would love to see the stats on the number of Catholic school. You know, boys and girls who who end up having children like the the year after they graduate high school or something like that. I think it would be huge. I think it would be enormous because there's so much. Somebody had to do that, right? Somebody had to look at that sample size by now, right? I should have. You would think unprepared. (laughs) Sorry, it's the first go. Yeah, we're gonna have our numbers next time. I'm like, sw- I'm getting so close to this mic. I feel it's, like it's all right. we're going to be peak and valley and we're, uh, left and right. Oh, well, we got, learning. we got Mike in there producing this stuff. Oh, my fucking brother Shout didn't get mentioned. Shout out to, uh, to Michael. He should have been in the introduction. My brother, uh, is producing this whole thing. He helped me make the studio. He's the man behind the thing. Mike. Yeah. Anybody hear that? I don't. I mean, not probably not. So uh, we're gonna pause for a second, and we're gonna give you the rundown before we get into the record, uh, because the record brings with it the unique sort of like, I guess, component of this podcast, which is that being musicians and having a number of friends and counterparts who also play. Uh, one thing we like to do, and we're gonna do on this podcast, is cover one of the songs from the album, which I should have alerted Nick to. No, you did. I just didn't read the text. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, his so, rebellion. Yeah, that was his that rebellion. Was his, that yeah. was his punk rock. His I'm totally not just going to say that I didn't read the text. His rebellions only hurt him. <laughs> uh, so that's one thing that we're going to do is we we are going to cover "Pain Lies on the Riverside" from Live's "Mental Julia," which will be our album today. Just after this break. Just after this break, we're gonna <laughs> fucking do it. Final it thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts on the book. Every American should read it. That's a final thought. Mm. Like right there. That's a good final thought. I mean, granted, there's going to be a ton of people that are going to tell me I'm wrong. But well, fuck them. They're not here. So. Well, that's true. <laughs> they might be listening, but more than likely they're not. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I think that's a great final thought. I re- it's I required really reading. I mean, in my mind. It's yeah. just... It absolutely should be. I mean, you have the, the whole repressed masculinity bit that... I mean, should it have been repressed? Probably. I mean, this primal weirdo masculine instinct to just destroy things. Yeah. But then again, if you repress it, does it come out in incredibly violent ways? That's just a... People need to see that or try to at least understand that, you know, things aren't cut and dry. Things aren't black and white. And and when it comes to repressing anything, I mean, if we go back to the theme of repressing or being repressed, yeah, I mean, there it is. It could come out in really weird and violent ways uh, in the bo- basements of bars. Yeah. Or some Tom Waits on the jukebox. <laughs> just take your shirts off. Yeah. <laughs> and just, you know, go at it. Beat yeah. the shit out of people. Yeah. Yes. No, I I yeah. I I definitely agree with that. And I was going to comment on uh something I just remember that I wanted to say with regard to Fight Club. There's actually there was a Chuck Palahniuk uh like day at Edinburgh University in oh. Pennsylvania. And so he has like a weird Pennsylvania, because they were the first ones to do that. Really? Um, and then they had this thing, and it's a documentary, actually. They, huh. they made it like, it's on YouTube. You can check it out. I forget what the name is. Again, should have done my research a little bit more heavily. It's all right. But in any case, I watched it a few times, and it's really cool, because he shows up, and it's like, I want to say it takes place in like 2000. 
All so right, it's so early. it's just before he lost his damn mind. Right. So like, yeah, it's <laughs> Did he early. Lose his mind. It's early. I mean, he became such a caricature of himself. It's embarrassing. I, right. I, I don't even want to say it because I'm afraid I'll hear it. And he's like, he wrote one of the one of my favorite books of all time. But he yeah. just went off the rails. The comic books afterwards. Well, or? it's not even that. It's like he he just decided to. He, was, he wrote like a, a book of anarchy, and now he's just like, I'm going to write books so I can make all the money. Now I'm not going to begrudge him of that because I would sell out immediately. Right. But like from the from what he was to being this really soft spoken, weird, transgressive writer, yeah, to being this like shock writer who just goes to make people throw up at his readings, right, right. Um, that's just absurd. Maybe that's... Celebrate the faintings and yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's who he always was. Maybe it was. Maybe and this was his. Maybe his secret this was his personality, like his right. actual personality, is what's coming through. Yeah. Yeah, but now he has like a really hip haircut, and I feel bad because my hair does one thing, and it's. Yeah. Uh, you want the hip haircut? Is that what you're people? With, I mean, I wish uh, I could have a hip haircut. Ah, uh, it's too curly. Fuck no, people with your two with hip hair. For that. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I just don't want the That's McDonald's just... arches anymore, <laughs> yeah. which which I have. I know. I, I, yeah, Italian dudes in their recession. Or yeah. one of my students said, "I have a LeBron ass head." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Nick, you got a LeBron-ass head. It's Mr. Gregorio, first of all. <laughs> Come on, sir. This is the faculty lounge. <laughs> you can't harass me here. This is my time. <laughs> Safe space. This is the men's bathroom. What the fuck are you doing here? You guys got the better sink. <laughs> I was told that once. Really? Well, because the kids have the sink where you got to like turn it and it immediately goes back it's like spring loaded yeah that's and awesome. ours actually you can open up like a human you know like wash yourself like an adult so, I didn't begrudge him that actually because I was like you know what yeah, good for you man on, dude. speaking of which do you remember this is a little bit of a tangent but uh, the soap at Oliver Heckman I don't know if you guys had this in your elementary schools but it was literally but you know why it was a powder because it was a brick it was yeah. a regular bar of soap that went in and there was these gnarly like fucking teethy things that you would turn this dial yeah. and it would shred <laughs> it was, the bar of soap into powder it was one no. of the coolest fucking no. i would love to get one of those because that's just like the most steampunk fucking thing well no kid like put his fingers in there and got them all <laughs> blows my up. mind yeah. blows my and it was an elementary school it was like k through six I mean you knew little Jimmy was gonna go in there it's like somebody's <laughs> in. that's just the what happens <laughs> yeah. they didn't have doors on the stalls they weren't concerned about dude you would walk what? in what you would walk in doors? it would be a row of second graders asses I, I remember being third grade and going in and be like that was me at one point yeah. that was probably me I would just drop trowel oh, yeah. and be standing at the urinal dude we had a pee in, in a, the air we had a pee in a trough <laughs> you it was like a Catholic school. It was like it was like a like a giant tub. I've seen them at bars. <laughs> I've never had long. that at oh, school. God, man, that's like that's worse not, than the locker room. Yeah, it's not weird at all when you're 12 and like you're aware <laughs> oh, of your yeah. body now. Yeah, yeah. like half of, you, yeah. half of you have gone through the change. In the other yeah. Yeah. I blame Catholic school for um, I still can't use urinals. I have to go to the stall. <laughs> Because I couldn't it, take a shit in a in a public toilet for the longest time because of that. Oh no! Because we people used to like <laughs> yeah, go over, you get shit no thrown at you. No, you'd wet the towels and fucking fire them at oh, you. Oh yeah, caught. I mean, <laughs> it's bullshit. Like I can't imagine if somebody put a phone over and just took a picture of me. Yeah, no, like, no, Jesus, God, no. I haven't gone through the change yet. <laughs> Speaking of shit, is it too early to segue into uh, the live album? Oh. <laughs> oh, how dare you, sir. Uh, now let's, let's, fin you. let's finish up the Fight Club wrap around. Let's finish that No, up. we're going to have a Fight Club. The wrap-up that's the, been the, the past five minutes. With yeah. the pro-live and the, and the against. Oh, let, me, let me talk a little bit about what Fight Club represents to me. <laughs> are you really going to? No, I actually, around? no, I, okay, I, I am. Um, 
So I saw the movie first. That was 99. And I read the book, oh, fuck, maybe like 15 years ago. And got into Chuck Palahniuk. It was my first introduction to him. And I liked the book fine. I did think the movie was better. But the, like the best parts of the movie were, came right from the book. So I respected right. that. Uh, he published this when he was 36. So I was like, that's my standard. Mm, if I can publish yeah. a book by the time I'm 36, like fucking a right, and I'm gonna be 37 really soon. <laughs> so, so Fight Club has been this like Shit, this like, has numerous levels. It, is, it has been like the fucking Damocles. What, what is it? <laughs> Shit is just like hanging over my head, and it's. It's fallen, brother. Like real soon. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, we'll just turn your jugular the other way. Yeah, you know, right. and he'll write a story about it and oh, make God. millions. <laughs> Fucking a. Well, and it represents failure. For you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, this is the failure of society. So, uh-huh. so it goes. Man, I fucking love it. I also love that live album. So I cannot wait to. Yeah, dive into dive, dive into live. <laughs> yeah, dive into live. Somebody boo me for that. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> Mike, boo him. <laughs> There he is. <laughs> <laughs> to move into live, for me, that album, I felt similarly to, to how I felt about Fight Club, like, oh, I can do it, because they were from Pennsylvania. And, you know, you grow up in Pennsylvania, it's all fucking cover bands. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know. I yeah. played... The mean Jeans? Yeah, Mr. Green, no, no, no. Mr. Green Jeans. Green Jeans. Okay. And mean Love Jeans See Mama Jump was <laughs> yeah, another yeah. one. Fuzzy Bunny Slippers. Yeah, they're like, all playing down the riverfront. Or Dude, fucking down Fuel on, was a cover yeah, band. A live cover band. Were they really? Yeah. They were a live cover band. Oh, wow. Yeah, I might be making that up. You fucking made that up. I <laughs> think you didn't. I'm going to fact be... check. Let's fact we check. We have phones. Yeah, we can check uh, Yeah, we can be checking this shit the whole time. We don't have to even like exploit our We could have looked up those numbers on the Catholic school thing. I didn't have to. Damn it. Seven. But I, I mean, opportunities. In, in any case, that's what it really was to me. To me was I, I was like, it. "Fuck, this is this is a band not too far away, yeah. hour and a half, two These hours." These guys that live York, Pennsylvania, you know, yeah, and they can and and they fucking did this. Like throwing coppers, an incredible album. We went Mental Julie, of course, twenty five years, and it's also their first like album. I would argue, uh, it's the first album they put out under the name Live. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, they had they went under some uh, monikers. What were they called before that? Yeah. I'll pull it out. We can pull that some, shit up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but and when they put out Ode to a Dictionary or Story of a Dictionary, something like that is the first one. But there was a number, you know, uh, uh, of awesome songs, I thought, on Mental Jewelry. And then, of course, Stone Copper just blows your fucking dome apart. Yeah. And I actually, my band in college, we um, we went to York. Like, we, we did a little tour. We did State College, and we, we went to York, and we covered Stage. And I went, the land of life. <laughs> and like, like four people in the audience got it. I was like, you're in fucking York. And not only that, this dude fucking grabs me at the end. This old man, he's at the bar and he, he, he grabs me. He goes, dude, I fucking love that you played stage. And I was like, thank you, fucking one guy. And uh, <laughs> he, he, he pulls me out and he goes, you know where this club is? He goes, if you look to the right. That's where the crackheads are, and if you look to the left, that's where the weavers live. He like he goes, this is the this is the nexus, this is the this the, is the middle of shit town. He's like, you're literally in the middle of shit town. I was like, dude, that made my fucking like I couldn't. And he took the time to do that. I think it was just like that respect of like yeah. he, he took the time to recognize that I respected live and that he was respecting that. But I, I mean, for me, live was a band, and I, I realize few people get down with live for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I fucking I love them. Um, well, I have I, I really have reasons, do. but it's not because I dislike live. Well, you, I mean, <laughs> you know, for sure, it's it's also the music. Like if you listen to Mental Jewelry, 
they do have what was kind of a Pennsylvania thing. Like, I don't know if you guys played. I played a lot in the city <coughs> in the 90s when I was, like, young. I noticed I always liked the hardest, fastest song on the album. That's why I like fucking stage. And a lot of it was that, like, the breakdowns in live songs on Mental Julie are very, like, 90s. Uh, how do you fucking describe that? I don't know. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, just I mean, real, yeah. like, tempo shifts that are that are A lot almost, of halftime flips. Yeah, but not, but not like, breakdown halftime flips. Like, like fucking 100 BPM. Dish, dish. You know, like fucking yeah. too pretty. They're too pretty. <laughs> they're, they're too. They're too easy. Uh, I don't know. I didn't care for. I didn't care for that. But then, of course, Stone Copper just dominates the scene. So, so I've got the uh, stat up on Fuel. They, um, <laughs> yeah, <what's, laughs> yes, yes. yes, they they were a cover band. They were called Real Too Real, but like R E A L. Oh, oh, so like the oh, O'Neaters? No, like real McCoy. Yeah, <laughs> with T O O. Like, I wonder what happened to the O'Neaters? Like, they were too real. Real to real. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. That is so. That is. Like, way real recognized real? Like yeah. That guy? Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they played cover songs in nightclubs. And I guess we could imagine that in the early 90s they were playing some live. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Lightning Crash. Yeah. 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 His, his voice would fit some Lightning Crash a little bit. Oh, yeah. I bet you how much. Scanlon? Could, was that his name? No, that was on a different band. West Scanlon's was. Puddle of mud. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> It's about five Jesus years to it. No, no. <laughs> you insulted fuel. I insulted myself. Oh, Bottle man. of mud. That guy's having a rough go of it. He's having a rough go. He's no good. He's having a rough go. West Scanlon? Dude, he was like, he, yeah, he's having a rough go. There's a lot of YouTube videos fucking that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's losing his shit. Breakdowns on stage. Rails. Is yeah. he really? He's yeah. gone off the rails. I thought that's why he brought it up. No, I, it's been a... It's been a West social media disaster. <laughs> I haven't thought of Puddle of Mud in 15 years. <laughs> there it is. That's I'm like, there it is. It's the anniversary of thinking Christ. of Puddle of Mud. What were their dumbass songs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one she fucking hates. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. God. The way she smacks my ass. That's yeah. the one that... <laughs> I on the podcast. <laughs> and this goes back to how rebellious I am. It's on MTV, and my mom comes home from work. I'm like, oh, God, I got to turn that down. <laughs> Next episode, Puddle of Mud. <laughs> Self-titled oh, debut. God. Uh, yeah, that's like goes. Seether. Yeah. Uh, oh, Seether. So, so live, Nick, I've got a very uh, uh, similar situation or, or experience with them as you. Nice. It's like these guys that are just, you know, two hours away from Philadelphia. Yeah. Only a... Only a few years older than me. Yeah, absolutely. And they were young when they they made it. So they they again they represented hope. Yeah. That um, you know I I, I never you know I guess followed through on. And then, and so then I guess now they, that you didn't write the dolphins cry. And now they represent <laughs> failure. <laughs> I'll tell you what though. Um, I but know, man. It's like such <laughs> like my failure to to succeed. <laughs> I'll, I'll say like I love Ed Qualchek. Because I didn't know a lot of stuff. I'm actually going to toss this over to Eric because he was he's dropping some man. knowledge on me. Not only is it fr- – he's a weirdo. But you listen to those fucking like – like those fucking screams and weird chanting that he can do. Like he's got pipes, number one. Number two, he's a fucking maniac, dude. My buddy Tim got to see him on the Throwing Copper Tour when he was a little kid. He's from Wilkes-Barre. And he got to see him and he said, like, I don't know if you remember, but he was one of those dudes who had the, like, underneath his head shaved and he just had the super long hair on top. Oh, God. Like, that was Ed Qualchek's fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and he said he came out 
and just had like the hair in front of him and he was just like f- fucking like you know uh, a monster like sulking around the yeah stage. like standing on the monitors and just like staring people down and then uh, he said they they started with damn it otter creek and it was he, he was like it was the most intense concert he's seen it was so confrontational yeah, just like, just like literally <laughs> eyeing people up. But yeah, uh, drop some knowledge on us with the with the album, dude. Well, first I want to go like little callback here. We're talking about their names. They went under First Aid, Action Front, Action Front. That was Club Fungus. <laughs> that was very wise to pass. <laughs> <laughs> Paisley Blues, <laughs> Body Odor Boys, <laughs> then Public Affection, which they released a lot of stuff under um, the first few. Yeah, their first their first few uh, songs. But um, one thing when I was looking back on this, I, I didn't realize the guy who produced it, uh, Jerry Harrison, was the keyboard player for the Talking Heads. Oh, no And sure. they used to play a bunch of shows at CBGB's, and that's how Jerry Harrison saw live no and shit. ended up producing the record, which is it's pretty strange when you think of Talking Heads music right. and live's music and how that would mesh. And he produced um, Throwing Copper as well. No shit. But yeah, and Mental Jewelry, the whole album is based on uh, the teachings of this guy, Jadu Krishnamurti, who's an Indian philosopher. And it's it's tough to even wrap my head around or speak intelligently on what he talks about, but it's basically how you have to evaluate your own internal psyche. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you're not gonna re- you're not gonna reach like any higher level of consciousness through um, religion or political or anything that's group orientated so it's really interesting and that's reflected in all their lyrics well yeah like uh, with Operation Spirit is like pretty much just like yeah Jesus was probably pretty cool but he doesn't mean shit to me 10,000 years 10,000 years yeah, yeah like, like literally 2,000 years later I, I don't like great he was probably a good dude and that I like that was another thing where I was like and the the beauty of gray right mm-hmm. that things aren't just this binary I thought that was really, really cool um, when I was a little kid because I was like, shit, man, like, that's what I'm starting to fucking feel and see and think. Like, why does it have to be so fucking black and white? Especially, like, I grew up in the suburbs. So, like, growing up in the suburbs, everything is so black and white. Like, mostly white. Yeah. Mostly, mostly white. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you know, you, like, see there's, like, you know, you're cool or you're not. You're this or you're not. You know, I mean, it's but there is no, there was no, like, fucking gray area and i i really thought that was cool it's and it's interesting because like that philosophy i like to do like uh talk about like carl Jung's the collective unconscious and stuff like that you know and that is almost in direct opposition to this philosophy which mm-hmm. is you know to say that we're not we shouldn't put faith in symbols and we shouldn't think of archetypes as being relevant and, and having worth or something like that like no like everything is is this own internal like psyche uh that we need to examine and even there's something in that, like, because when you told me it, I, I looked it up too, and I was like, there's something about, like, even in that, w- when you get too focused internally, you also lose yeah, your, your you whole sense of, strike of self. Unbelievable balance. Yeah, it's, it's, it yeah. It doesn't seem obtainable. Yeah. Well, because that dude, the philosopher, was uh, like some occultist, right? Yeah. Like, uh, when he was a kid, saw him as like the Messiah. He approached him on the beach and said yeah. he was going to be a great philosopher Le- and leader and, of people. And he and, was. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, but they it's, made like a whole, it was that like cult or whatever, where Collective made a whole almost like sort of like uh, sect, right? With like almost like a whole following mm-hmm. for him, right? And he dissolved it because yeah, he, was, like, he broke away is, from it. He yeah. was like almost selected like the Buddha or something, but absolutely, it was really yeah. interesting. Yeah. 
super wild and and you can see, yeah you can see that and and especially operation spirit um the beauty of gray water boy well the whole fucking album yeah right? the that's the whole album, fucking yeah. thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are the ones that, those are like the, he's just naming tracks to show how much <laughs> no, he knows no just like those are the ones that really stick out for me because like operation spirit is literally just give it up give it up like that one yeah and and it's literally like jesus might have been cool two thousand years ago but he doesn't do fucking shit for me now let me model my church i'm gonna start you have like a <laughs> yeah <laughs> jesus won't do fucking shit for you. <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah no i i that idea of being able to do it and seeing people from where you're from do it yeah because i don't know franco you can definitely vouch for this right philadelphia was overrun with cover bands oh yeah for years and years and years and years oh yeah it was like a lot of money as a cover band absolutely right (laughs) totally like you you absolutely could and that's where everybody went which was interesting because i know when i was younger i would come down play shows you know i was in like middle school i would play with like 20 year olds and shit and and it was all cover bands and us and we're like one of the only original bands and if anybody was original they were playing every now and then you get like a good post-punk band from jersey who would come through like a thursday sound yeah and then sometimes you'd get uh and oftentimes you get emo you get like that pop punk i would always lean for farther towards the post-punk for sure sure um uh and uh and that pop punk would would show up and there was no place for just like like a throwing copper right like where would or like that kind of music like it didn't like exist it was all these covers so it just to be like these guys said fuck that <laughs> completely to doing that type of thing I, I thought that was i thought that was awesome any final thoughts on the album before we play a track thank you daniel <laughs> <laughs> the recovery is, is impeccable i'm gonna shoot it i'm gonna shoot it to it if you guys have any thoughts on it eat, love or hate i don't you know it doesn't fucking matter it's diversity is key <laughs> live begins and ends with throwing copper for me yeah. I can take the track where we're going to play today is um, has been a little treat, but it's, it's like not a thing, not a treat I want every day. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, like <laughs> a, it's like a laffy taffy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll grab a banana once in a while, but yeah. <laughs> if if I'm in five and below, I'm the feeling strikes. <laughs> this is just one of those things um, that I liked some live stuff when I was younger because I would somehow be able to knit one of their songs to a memory or or an experience and that would make a you know a nice mm-hmm. pleasurable thing but for the most part uh and this album specifically is just one of those things that was like uh it was everything i hated about 90s music yeah um <laughs> and <laughs> i don't know if it's the, the main reason I, I ran to like uh bad religion or or i don't know i don't even want to say rancid but i ran to them too that's uh, unfortunate. You can run yeah. Romance. No, you can't. I don't think that's unfortunate. <laughs> Have you seen Lars Fredrickson recently? He looks like a giant. But how does that change baby. the music from the nineties? He's got like skunks tattooed on his head. The well, word skunks with an X. What was their big hit? They were the kind of uh, there was Tom Time Bomb and the, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Ruby Soho, Ruby Soho, Soho Maxwell yeah. Murder. Maxwell Murder is fucking yeah. filth on the bass. Yeah, it was just. One of those weird bands or weird mo- movements in music that I just could not get behind. I couldn't right. do it. Um, and even listening now, I was like, oh, maybe I'll have a different perspective on live. And I, I put it in. I was like, same. no, I did not have another. <laughs> nope. So. I mean, I love it. I used to mow the lawn to this record all the time. So like the dance move? 
yeah, when the snake whip with the yeah. hair, <laughs> the, that ponytail that made no sense. I didn't know that was you could do that. Yeah, <laughs> but I love the slap bass on the album. I love how bass is filthy, shiny the acoustic guitars are. It's a little too bright. It, it, they are. Oh, like, it's just you, you don't like, it. Yeah, I'm not gonna dial that sound in. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna avoid. You, you it's don't a little hear bit of chorus anymore. on it, sparkly. Yeah, very your choruses. That's like very nineties. Yes, yeah. I think that that was one thing. I like chorus on bass. I don't like chorus on. Oh, that's guitars. even worse. Dude, chorus can sound pretty cool. On uh. bass. I like distortion on bass. Yeah, on guitar. <laughs> yeah, voice. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, you have all the, again. Those nineties bands just loved pedals mm-hmm. and effects, and I just I don't get it. It was interesting because right then you have this just just like eighties hair metal got to this height where there was just like wicked. Wicked, wicked, wicked pedals and effects and everything going on. It was just, yeah. and, and then you know, obviously Kurt Cobain and others knock it down a few notches. But then there was that melding of the two, where yeah. like we kept the pedals and we kept the stuff and stuff. Yeah. And well, if you think about it in, in a certain way, like the kids gravitate toward basketball now because you can play it right where you're at. You know, you don't need to yeah. buy all this equipment. You don't need to buy all this yeah. stuff. And it's the same way with with punk rock or, or even like grunge. It's like, I don't want to buy hundreds of dollars worth of equipment just to be able to plug into an amp and play. Yeah. Um, so I sort of came to resent that. Now, you know, I like stuff with pedals now. Like I'm right. older, but yeah. live was just one of those things, man. It's just like, wow. I'll give Ed Kowalczyk, man. Dude's got some fucking pipes. He has he fucking pipes, right? Yeah. He's, like I said earlier, he is a front man. Absolutely. That band would not have... Uh, went anywhere i guess without him he didn't go anywhere without them though either so i guess there's something there well because the bassist is disgusting um you, have you ever seen him eat no the bass player no it's a slob <laughs> <laughs> the fuck do you have that intel it's pretty well documented <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're talking about his skills i discussed no, 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 oh. just like i was talking oh. about it oh. oh. <laughs> i love and we got that tight bid. Filthy. Where'd that go? How did they get there? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, he's, you saw he's me filthy skill wise on, on the. Uh, <laughs> I love where that went. That's no. too funny. <laughs> it's well documented. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Can you uh, get sued for slander for a podcast? <laughs> no, not necessarily. Just, not if no one listens to it. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I there's and people do get torn. I do see that too in the '90s. They they embodied that pretty pretty seriously. Shimmering guitars, yeah, shimmering. Guys um, want to uh, lay a track? Sands shimmering guitar. Yeah, we lay a track. Sands shimmering guitar. Good for sure. All right, we'll play it. Come back talk about beer after the break. Hey hey hey. Thank you. 
back we hope you enjoyed that track oh uh, yeah <laughs> we're all sweating we should be more out of breath but we're professionals god damn it i was on shaker so i, <laughs> I don't know how much i would be sweating <laughs> we should be sweating because yeah. we've already played the song yes. god damn it nick go oh, i did it again <laughs> dude i'll be honest i watched a number of op ivy videos oh, they were uh, over the past like couple but I realized, uh, what's his name, did not play the guitar no. at any of their live shows. Like, literally just did not, was just, if at all, hitting strings. It's because he was on the drugs. Right, the drugs. Yeah. The drugs. Sorry, if I have a glass to pour a little bit of this? Go for it. Go for it. Pour a little of that beer. So, I think Tim Armstrong was a huge, huge heroin addict for a little was bit. Was he really? I, think so. I mean, he was... He was skinny enough Those to betray keys are these? They're uh, mine, I, like janitor's keys. Jesus. We are slandering a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be wrong. Listen, janitor's... Yeah, you are really... And you know what the thing about it is? Everybody we've if talked Tim about Armstrong... you taking them down or you're not. Here's <laughs> some more. That's my job. I'm going to knock you down awesome, a peg. Awesome, yeah. We're <laughs> establishing roles, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, the, I'm, I'm going to do it again. If Tim Armstrong did hear me saying this, he would probably sue the pants off me. You think so? <laughs> You serious? He seems like a cool dude. Dude, he was in what was that band that he was in with Travis Barker and that Diamonds oh, and yes. Guns? Yeah. Diamonds what were they called? Much of those you want. The Transplants. The Transplants. Yeah. Anybody who's in the Transplants must be litigious as shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll take it. So we've got one one nice beer and uh now one I, walk I, down nostalgic road. And yeah, a, well, I was going to say shitty beers, beer, yeah. but then I was like, "That's a very mean thing to say." Yeah, I mean, let, then, let Nick say it. And Nick's play, <laughs> Nick's house. Thank you for giving me free beer <laughs> from it's some free shitty. shitty beer. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 boundaries can be. That's crossed. very important to you. I mean, <laughs> well, no, I, the beer. So the shitty beer that he's, that he's uh, commenting on is uh, we we bought uh, and we have Rolling Rock. Ponies, which my grandfather used to call nips, uh, and I'm really gonna fuck Daniel up right now because my grandfather passed away this year, and this is super nostalgic for me. Um, but mostly because oh. <laughs> an icy chill did die. <laughs> <laughs> the reason, but the, the the other connection here is there's. I mean, I don't think we should ever list all the connect, but there's numerous connect. This is from Latrobe, Pennsylvania, right? Rolling Rocks. Mm-hmm. So that's a Pennsylvania. Oh, What's a Pennsylvania? Yeah, outside of Pennsylvania. Uh, Stand by. from Pennsylvania. Absolutely. Chuck Plahnik. Last name starts with. Well, a that's a. why I brought up the Edinburgh. And he's right. read in Pennsylvania before. Well, so like, Ed, you know, Edinburgh uh, University or, or college or whatever really were the first people to jump on the, oh, yeah. the Chuck train, man. Like they right. had that whole fucking thing dedicated. So there's a connection. There's a connection. Yeah. We're making them up. There we can make it happen. Yeah, but um, <laughs> my grandfather and I used to. He brought a grapevine from Hazleton, Pennsylvania, 
where he lived before he moved to New Jersey, made this huge grapevine, and he and I, when I was a little kid, used to drink uh, what he would call nips, other people call ponies, these little seven-ounce rolling rocks underneath the grapevine. So very nostalgic for me, so that's why I thought we put it in the first episode, along with, of course, the, uh, the stone that Daniel has brought. So that's my intro for the, for the nip. The nip has been uh, in my life, I want to say, <laughs> I'm not going to say how old I am, but I am going to say that uh, probably... 24 years of my life I've that's I've been getting down with the nips yeah yeah yeah. I may have I have may have been conceived because of nips so who knows but uh nips have been around for a while nips have been around for a goddamn long time I never I don't want to take it where I want to take it we won't get we won't take it any further I've never heard them called nips I've always called them ponies that's it I think that's a grandpa Mahalik um Original oh, thing. Nips. I think that's like a central PA thing, right. actually. Yeah. Um, Should have done my research there, too. I love, I love ponies. They're fucking awesome. That's all yeah. I got to say. They're very sweet. Well, we actually, Daniel and I... They're very uh, fuzzy, and you can pet... You can have a bunch of, you can have a bunch of beers. <laughs> yeah. You feel like a giant. Yes. Yeah. Well, I already feel like... It, like You guys holding this is, is me holding a regular 12-ounce bottle of beer. We didn't give any didn't sort of physical it. descriptions of anybody either. I didn't know you had some serious oh, mitts on you. Oh, well, yeah. I'm, I'm He's a, actually a normal-sized person. I'm Nick Gregoria. I weigh 240 pounds. I'm 6'4". <laughs> He's enormous. He's an enormous dude. And as such, bottles look small in my head. <laughs> yeah, uh, Daniel and I actually... We have a bar... That might as well be in central Pennsylvania, and it might as well be perpetually 1952. Uh, Peck Miller's. I think that's unfair. Only serves like ponies. <laughs> All right, you're right. Let's give them a year. Uh, Call they have three beers on tap and also three beers available. You can get ponies and you can get it on tap, and that's it. Like the that's same like, beers. The same beers, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the light. same three beers. The same three <laughs> beers, yeah. You get a pony light, you get a tap, you get a draft of light. You get a pony rolling rock, you can draft a rolling rock. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, they have, um, they have it's jello a weird shots place. now, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, those are delicious. Yeah. That is, <laughs> that is a. Yeah. We, we ramped it up a bit. They just skipped three decades. But in way of taste, rolling rock has recently changed uh, in the past, what, five years or so? Did it? it might be longer. Because it was yeah. when I was working at the beer district. Franco disagrees. They changed over the. They don't brew it in Latrobe. Uh, Anheuser Busch bought it. Now mm. they brew it in St. Louis, and everyone would come in and complain and yeah. say that you know they noticed a discernible difference. Which yeah, you didn't. You didn't. Yeah, no. <laughs> as as Franco points <laughs> out, them, them nips. Yeah, we got some nips. Um, Other than this, is the freshest rolling rock I've ever tasted. <laughs> the coldest. Yeah, they, yeah. They are, <laughs> more often than not skunked. These the are, green yeah. is not a good bottle. Um, no, it doesn't preserve the beer one bit. In fact, it, yeah. it almost lets in too much light. Perpetuates yeah. it just to get it's like the Heineken problem. Funked yeah. out, yeah. So <laughs> Heineken's funky to begin with, in my opinion. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's like Bex. It's fucking bo in a bottle. Yeah, well, I I bartend, and when people ask for um Heineken, or Rolling Rock, or Bex, I I Alert just try them. to find something else that I have in a green bottle. Because they all have a very similar taste. Here's a Peroni. Yeah. Listen, put it in the windowsill for an hour. It's going to taste exactly like anything else. It's much hot. Like, yeah. <laughs> Whatever this means. I don't know. What do you? What's your take on the? I'm 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 a light beer guy. 
Uh, you are. Yeah, I am. I am very much a light beer guy because uh, it's mainly because of my sensitive stomach. Right. I used to be like a beer connoisseur. I'd go all of these fancy bars, and then I would wake up the next day feeling like garbage because my right. stomach can't handle all the fancy things that they put like hops. An IPA. <laughs> an IPA is just like, hey, you know what? Let's put a thing that's normally in beer and just rip it up yeah. and make me feel like garbage. And I would. I, um, but I did it for years, and I just decided to switch over to like Coors Light and, and Rolling Rock's good. Uh, I'm down. Honestly, I just like to have... I like to go into a bar and drink a regular-ass beer and have a regular-ass night. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten. <laughs> Well, let's conclude with that. <laughs> That's their new their new slogan. <laughs> you want to have a regular ass night? Drink some regular ass Rolling Rock. Out. But like, all you, you see these folks that bring like they get six packs of twelve percent alcohol beers, right? And they're like, I'm gonna sip this real slow. Like we're at a baseball game, man. I'm gonna drink like fifteen Coors Lights yeah. and enjoy myself. <laughs> That's and a thing. Yeah. Still be less drunk than you. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm on opposite. I'm opposite side of the fence there really yeah i would i don't see why anybody would ever want to spend uh, i guess really not a lot of money but like to drink like 30 miller lights right right like why would you i don't i don't get it well i'll tell you this i'd rather spend 12 dollars on two really nice beers okay and I feel enjoy you. them and enjoy them i feel you i understand enjoy that. them but i will say this i don't feel like you're enjoying oh but i mean do you really enjoy i mean what what do you go out to do when you have a beer you want to relax you want it to make you feel good. Have right? a regular ass night. Regular, regular ass, ass night. Because yeah. I'm a you regular can do ass that. Dude. Boop, Get a two bucks tipsy. on Monday nights at a at a bar called Pizza Time Saloon in 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 West Point, Pennsylvania. I've been going there for nine years with my buddies. They have a special. It's two twenty five for a twenty four ounce. You call it. Okay. (laughs) So we get there at eight and we go home by ten thirty and we've had many of these things and you have a regular ass night and you feel great and you spent. Six dollars. I'll be honest. <laughs> I lived across the street from uh, Jake's Bar in Westchester, which was fifty cents Ooh. a beer, and they only had three Fosters. on tap. Franco's nodding in agreement because he knows uh, Foster's, yeah. Miller Lite, mm. and Miller Genuine Draft. Those are the only three, right? MGD. Yeah, great shuffleboard table too there. But because it was fifty cents, I think it was four dollars a pitcher or something, if I'm not mistaken. The mugs were like those eight ounce, like super thick glass mugs. Yeah. And you would always get quarters back. And so we would play games where like literally you would throw the quarters in strangers' beers from across the bar. <laughs> and if it went in if you got a quarter in your beer, you had to chug it. That's not really a regular ass night. No. <laughs> that sounds like a night that would turn into Fight Club. Oh, but it didn't. That was the thing because everybody knew. Okay. And so I guess it was like an accept. Like if you walk in, you know, you're like, you're abiding essentially. Um, but that was fun. Miller Lite, I really, that's the one that, that actually upsets my stuff. Miller Lite that, does? That fucks me up. I'm in the middle here because I love playing. Here's the thing. I think this is an X factor that hasn't been mentioned. I love playing drinking games. I absolutely uh, love drinking games. You need a light beer for that. And you need a light beer for that. Yeah, and so that's where like things like this come in, and I get down with these very hard during those moments. My favorite is the banquet beer. Mm-hmm. Coors Banquet, Delicious. I can get down with all the time. Delicious. No problem. Don't care. Uh, I'll order it in a bar. <laughs> what the fuck ever. But I do agree with Daniel as well. And I think it's because I don't have a... I don't get fucked up in the, the, the guts. As yeah, much. I because I right. totally understand that. Like, yeah. some shit you just got to give up. Like, I had to give up fucking 
milk and cereal and fucking ice cream. For no, so that shit fucked me. I couldn't do. I like had overloaded. No, you need I to think. find and a I milk just substitute. Became I became lactose for like yourself. a couple months. And Wait, this podcast is really devolving. It's yeah, like, old, old man conversation. Talking. Yeah, but in any case, I do. I take Zantac one fifty in the morning. <laughs> Baby aspirin every morning, just to be safe. You know. Yeah. My circuit. Have you guys started wearing these socks for circulation? <laughs> they don't have the uh, seam on the inside that doesn't hurt your toes. I heard it's magnetic or something, and it's just moving your blood. It's beautiful. What are the, uh, what sometimes are you need the garter though to keep them up. <laughs> sock garters. Could you imagine? That'll be that'll be a day. Like imagine you put on sock garters, and that's where your whole life. You really consider what, what you've done. Like you put on sock garters and you guys have a game of garters. What the fuck did I? What did I? Did I do enough? Like, is my life was it worthwhile? Now that I'm here, at the end, with sock garters, with sock garters on. <laughs> Could I not find a sock that had elastic? <laughs> well, like, what's wrong with? Well, I think another thing indicator might be once you switch back to briefs. Oh, you know what I mean. That's an indicator. Because you're like yeah. a little kid, and you're like, man, I gotta wear boxers. Are gonna get made fun of in gym class. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And then you wear boxers, and they suck. <laughs> yeah. And eventually, you get used to them. And then you go yeah. back to like the boxer briefs. Boxer like, briefs. It's almost the same. Oh uh, yeah. That's but where then it's if at. you notice, you go to a gym or old you, dudes. You, always, old dudes are wearing briefs. You think they the know ladies. something? They're yeah. Just hanging. Yeah, what are they? What do they? Because they, they, they usually do know something. Yeah. They make. They don't make those changes. Wednesday. I don't think boxer briefs. It came out when they were in their formative underwear, you know. But boxer briefs oh, do get stretched out fast, eh. and you're hanging about. If you're a, a if gigantic you buy, man, you yeah. well, I agree. I'm six I four. I weigh 240 pounds. <laughs> we got a little beef over here. <laughs> you see, Nick, your problem is you're spending like 20 bucks to get 30 boxer briefs. You got to spend like 12 dollars just to get two. Good that ones. are really nice. Yeah. And wear them for a very long time. Well, you yeah. can't wear them more than once. Ah, you wash them. You're on a cycle. <laughs> How about no, the no, boxer no, no, no. boots that don't have the flat? That is incredible. That's unfortunate. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know who made, made the decision to uh, well, take the no dick all away. It's like, it's like I was at the concert yesterday. It's fucking all day concerts. And I made the idiotic decision to wear jeans that had a button fly. No. Why do you even Mistake. I didn't think about Mistake. it. Mistake. Why do you own I started those? drinking at like 11 a.m. So I had no idea. But what? Why do you own oh. those? <laughs> the purchase for me. Oh, you can't bring them back. You can't bring those back. Yeah. <laughs> the they're actually they're really good. comfortable. They are really comfortable. But the button fly is disgusting. Can fall, fall, fall in mud. The, who the fuck thought about? Like if there's that? any urgency in your need to <laughs> urinate, you're in trouble. I actually I had <laughs> like, a conversation. Oh I had a conversation with the dude two urinals over because I I was pissed and I I was standing there Literally. pissing and I was like I was like. Fucking button fly, like talking to the wall. Like you know when you look, you look ahead and you pick like one little dot in the concrete that you like focus on. And I was like talking to that dot, and I was like fucking button fly. And the guy two years away was like fucking right, man. This is bullshit. And I was like, we're we're a couple of dummies though, because we both chose to wear these. He was like, I know, but why do they make them? They shouldn't give us the option. Let me wash my hands so I can give you a high five, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Let us gently touch our tips. <laughs> So, um... Beer, record, underpants. <laughs> <laughs> Rip. <laughs> oh, this is underpants. Well, I think... I don't know. The Rolling Rock extra pale... Right, we've fan. covered all bands. Yeah. Yeah. I give it... I give, listen, we, didn't, we didn't try the... Uh, did we do this? Well, as we're about to get there. Oh, give, wonderful. I give it a solid 6.3 out of 10. Yeah, I can see that. Like, it's not gross. Yeah. No, it's no, not but gross. I, but I don't actually want it. You know, oh, I, I know I hate to go off on another deviation, but there was a beer 
um, <laughs> like 10 years ago. We bought it. It was bought a 30 rack for $9. It was called Defenders of Freedom Choice. You guys see this? <laughs> what? You ever see this shit? No. It's unbelievable. Have you heard about this? It was... <laughs> It was, uh, so the can had uh, a soldier on it, and he was, it was like on a crest, and he was, in the corner was like a tank, and then a jet, and then a Humvee, and then some other military vehicle. Um, what else is there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but the, the beer, as soon as you taste it, you're like, mm, that's okay, it tastes like beer. And then you get like this really distinct apple aftertaste. Whoa. And then it shifts directly to the smell of a dirty public bathroom. Oh, shit. On your tongue. <laughs> and we were expecting, like, it can't off. be that bad, $9 for 30 And we, we didn't get through a single one. Like, it, it was awful. So, like, yes, 6.3 is what you said yeah. for the Rolling Rock. <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> we, we used to have those grab bag things at Westchester. That, that fucking yeah, that, thing where it would be, like, random sixers of, like, Genesee and fucking, yeah. you know, it was, like, Natty and, and all that Ham. other shit. That shit. That oh, shit's hands. Like, it's a constant four. Uh, dude, peels, peels, peels and yeah. straws. When did ha- ham started? I, I never even heard Natty of ham. Bo. They kind of were blowing Natty Bo. I'll drink Natty Bo any day. I'll go roll You drink Natty Bo any day? I would. Kung Fu necktie, right? Yeah. They always have Natty Bo specials. Yeah, and I always wonder why. And I will drink them every time. I delivered those almost exclusively to a terrifying trailer park when I worked for at a brewer or like at a distributor. That sounds about right. I'd walk in, they'd have some check, there'd everyone be strung out on the couch. Oh, like God. it was like they a, had a horror check scene. waiting for you. A check. <laughs> yeah. It was horrific. Who pays in personal checks? Natty Buzz. Oh man, that's <laughs> the type a of horrific clientele. flashback. Jesus. Well you guys used to do the key. Key light was yeah, the big key thing. Light up was big up there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Dig on that. Key Banquet light. beer. Key lights cores light. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, same yeah. deal. Just cheaper. what was uh in in, in uh, one word or fewer? What was the best beer you've ever had on a gig, like the house beer that they gave you. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. The that's, best. That's a really good question. Oh, okay. In Chicago, we had Old Style, which is a good beer. Of this same, in the same okay. realm. Yeah. Are we talking about that? Like in the Rolling Rock realm? What's no, the just best beer like, you got? no. Like, oh, well. Not like drink tickets and you can get something good, but like they gave you a case. Cincinnati, we got whatever we wanted. And so I, oh, fuck, I wish I could ask Mike. <laughs> Mike, kept, Mike, kept, Mike. You were drinking woodchucks, right? Woodchucks. Yeah. <laughs> he had, but he had woodchucks. He asked for one of every flavor of woodchuck. He got one of every flavor. Well, he was 17. Razzleberry woodchuck. <laughs> so I was, because I told him, I was like, dude, just get the local lager, local pale ale, whatever it is. And, and he, was like, he was like, okay, okay. And he went up, he was like, get, uh, get that woodchuck green apple. <laughs> <laughs> from there he just he was like I dig this I'm, I found my home base and they had one of each uh, I got I, I think I got like in the oh, that's nice that was, that was the I, best I don't, one I, think I don't I like about. that beer but that's a, that's a good beer I dig it yeah I think that yeah. was probably the best one if I'm, if I'm yeah. thinking back I played uh, at, at Ortlieb's in Philadelphia right um, nice I've been very unlucky I've always just gotten shit beer oh um, yeah I mean I, can't I mean simply that's what they give yeah. you but they gave us uh, three cases Cases, cases, a case per band of of your 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 beer, the uh, the yellow bellies, no the shit, banquet beer, banquet beer, and wow. they had, they had redesigned the bottles so there were those little stubby ones, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. a red, like the a red stripe. bottles, yeah, and they're yeah. delicious. I love the feel. No, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Great. the grenade, you can yeah. just <laughs> level someone yeah. with that beer, yeah. So especially in the Ortlieb's, Nick, rocker, um, <laughs> giant, 
So I don't really, I don't really remember a lot because normally you're just drinking garbage. But um, I remember at the nail, I'm gonna switch this up. The a rusty. Bit. They had oh. yes. Ardmore. in Ardmore. Um, <laughs> they didn't have great beer. Like they, I think they only had PBR. Yeah, they were like a. But they numbers. had it was like two dollar pounder whiskey shot special. Beautiful. That's mm-hmm. like and and well, as a band, they they gave us one free each. Um, so our guitarist at the time, Steve, went up. He said, "Yeah, give me three of them." There was only four of us in the band, and he rips them all himself. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, okay, but it, it was it was great. That was a nice a nice little treat. That is good stuff. Yeah, yeah. The Nail used to do a cool radio show. Uh, I, 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 I did one of their that, radio shows before, same, yeah, and it yeah. was it was fun. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah that Except, that you know, despite cool. the the holes in the stage and is the Nail still rocking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah. That that dude it's been a while since music been pretty there. hard. Yeah. yeah, he's cool. I wish I, again. I wish you knew his name. Hand me that bottle. Let's um let's move on to the yeah. Let's talk. <laughs> so, so the next beer, um, maybe we'll do two beers every time. I don't know. Um, anyway. All right, so the next beer we're going to move on to is the Stone Brewery. They they hail from San Diego. San Diego. Oh, that's in California, uh, San Chicago. Diego, San Diego. In California. <laughs> California. <laughs> uh, this is an anniversary. It's called their Sh- Citricado hmm. IPA. It rhymes with Chicago. Citricado. <laughs> but it's also California because of IPA. avocados. Avocados, right. not Chicago. Okay. My my cousin in law grew up on an avocado farm. That's fun. Oh, wow. What a yeah, lucky yeah. son. Yeah. Must have great skin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even very, know if that's a trait. That avocado. Like that. Does that happen? Very very easy bowel movements. <laughs> um, so All his sandwiches are better green. than ours. <laughs> oh, God. They're, and they're unsufferable. <laughs> um, so Gregorio, you giant of a man. So, the, so there's giant Nick and um, normal Nick. So giant Nick, uh, I agree with you, man. I don't like IPAs. They hurt me, man. I, I, they don't hurt my my sense of stomach, but they hurt my sense of palate. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that flavor of, hey, here's this ingredient, and bam, 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 bam. That's all you're gonna taste. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and it's super dry. All, well, not, all, not all of them. No. So some of them are very juicy and wet. Some are floral. Some taste yeah. like. Well, there's a few new hops coming yeah. out of California. There's synthetic hops. There's all yeah. sorts of hops, but they synthetic. all. No, shall we? Shall we talk like about weed. the different strands of hops? <laughs> well, I mean, I know uh, Franco and I have a friend in dude named Jared who is a phenomenal brewer. He does like homebrew stuff. Cool. He makes sours, all different types types of stuff. But he recently made something with these two new. I say new, but I'm not 100. percent Hops that came out and they were so citrusy, right? That yeah. the newest one. It was a room 304. Citrus, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very, very good. I wish I could remember which hops they were, but that that was really, really delicious. And I think it's you know, it it depends. It can be done really that's why I like the Lagunitas IPA. Because yeah. I think their just standard IPA is a well done IPA. Right. Yeah. Well You're not overwhelmed with that yeah. barrage of the same flavor. Yeah. Let's uh But it numbs your palate, it does. This is excellent. Let's give this a shot. Let's do it. And it's been warm. We left it out for about two hours. Mm. So Mm, that is good. See, that's delicious. Like that. Yeah. That is very nice. So maybe you like it's warm clean. IPAs. <laughs> I like them hot. <laughs> like I said, you put it on the like window. On you put cell, it on the windowsill. Window yeah. It's gonna be the Next same as anything pie. else. You know, if this is edited uh, in a certain way, so, that joke won't work. <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> there's a nice. It's like a blanket of hops just lingers on your tongue. Yeah, it is right a dry there. hop at the end. Right mm-hmm. in front and center. Because uh-huh. it seems almost very malty up front, but it's probably just the sweetness of the uh, alcohol. It's a nine percenter. 
Oh yeah. Right. So yeah. you're yeah. tasting that. It doesn't and then taste it... that, Steve. No. no, it doesn't. You're right. It tastes delicious. You're gonna feel it when we're. Uh... This would be a problem for me if I. When we're all driving <laughs> home <down>. separately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On the trip to Flower Town, I was like, I know where I'm going. So. <laughs> I only had a sip of this shit. <laughs> I had a pony of the of both beers. <laughs> Combined, it was barely a beer. It was it was really good. <laughs> so I feel like this is pretty representative of a uh, of an IPA. It's a darker oh, beer yeah. too. Yeah, yes. it's a darker beer. Like a lot of yeah, IPAs are a lighter, mm. lighter color. This is a uh, this is definitely a darker. Good for amber. them. Amber waves of grain. I will say this. <laughs> Would you say that it is this representative is of twenty years of true craft? Absolutely. That's a good call. I would say yeah. Absolutely. I would say this is them getting it damn right. But I will also say that I'm definitely going to have some stomach discomfort. <laughs> <laughs> the bubble guts is the technical well, term. You know what's funny? I like, and, and not that we'll always do anniversary stuff by any means, but I do like anniversary stuff because it makes you kind of evaluate like with beers especially, it makes them, I think, evaluate what they've been doing yeah. right. Because they hold on to their recipes and stuff. Like even musical instruments will do anniversary reissues of certain things like the Jaguar came back out and different things like that. Yeah. So I think it's pretty cool. Like Miller actually, 2007, they put out the Miller 1857, which uh, yeah. was an original recipe. I, I bought out the, the, the distributor in Westchester of the last like five cases because it was fucking delicious. It was in one of those Lagunitas IPA like stout bottles yeah. and it was just like this like almost perfect beer because it was, it was a healthy combination of like a craft, like really, really, really good beer and like a mid-range, like a, like a Rolling Rock or something. Yeah. It was fucking, it was so good and it's never going to come out. It was 150 year anniversary or something. It's gone. It's gone forever. Like your youth. That's why I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Done. Done. You get Done one forever. Chance. You get one chance. And I fucking capitalize on that. Yeah, I bought five fucking cases. Cheers. Cheers. Good shit. Cheers. Thanks for bringing uh, the good beer. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, Cheers. This Cheers is uh, an anniversary show, the anniversary of our first episode. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Does that, that, does that work? I think so. I think so. Sure. I like if we celebrating in the moment. Well, yeah. let's just say let's just say this oh, thing man. comes out next Sunday. Right. It's been a week, week anniversary. Week anniversary. See? Preemptive. Yeah. Cheers again to that. It's like <laughs> we're getting all crazy. We're getting palinic up in this. Yeah, we're just crossing time <laughs> time and space. Alright, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Go treat. Go treat. Had a blast. Had a blast. Show me for